Hello and welcome to episode 85 of The Game Pit. I'm Sean and it's finally around the corner. We're gearing up to go to the UK Games Expo 2017, Ronan. We certainly are. Hello, Sean. Hello, everyone. The UK Games Expo, very exciting for us. We're going to be there all three days. Hopefully, you'll see us around in Game Pit polo shirts. There's going to be Natalie and Eleanor with us, as we said previously. And as part of gearing up for the show, if you're going or not going, or just generally interested in what's coming out, we thought we'd do a quick treasure hunt episode for you for 12 of the games which will be making their debut or as near as damn it their debut at the UK Games Expo this year. Every year, Ronan, more and more exciting games come where it used to be you very rarely get something new maybe Ivor the Engine I think came out one year but now it's getting more and more like a what little lesson what are dissing Ivor the Engine for? nothing wrong with Ivor the Engine but it was on its own it was like the <laughs> one game that came out that man made Snowdonia. You need to take everything back immediately. He really did. A fantastic game. Yeah, yeah. Guilds of London last year came out. Yeah, UK Games yeah, Expo. yeah. So it, it is. Uh, it definitely still is true to its roots, though, Sean. And it covers the whole spectrum of tabletop gaming. So you have all the like European FFG competitions are there. But it's also got its base in role-playing games and miniature games. Games Workshop, obviously, being in the UK. And what we find, I think, when we go there is there's quite a lot of leech over and mix between the two. So you have role-playing companies making now board games or miniature companies coming in. We've got Dark Souls there from Steamforge Games. Computer games coming across into the tabletop arena. And that's one of the things I like about it. Other conventions, it's all board games, more or less. This one is kind of a real mix of all the tabletop genres. It's definitely one we look forward to every year and more and more so. Shall we crack on into the episode? Let's do it. So 12 previews coming up of games we haven't played, but we've got our eyes on for this weekend. And as always, we are very proud members of the Dice Tower Network. Go there and to the Dice Tower itself for gaming goodness galore. You can download our episodes on iTunes, Stitcher and Podbean. So the first game we're going to start with this time around is 1066 Tears to Many Mothers. It's a one to two player card battle game with a playtime of 30 to 60 minutes. Now this is set around 1066, the Battle of Hastings, when the Normans invaded uh, England. And this has got a little bit of a pedigree because the print and play was nominated three years ago for a Golden Geek Award. And now they've managed to, uh, to get it through to actually being published professionally. There's a Kickstarter coming, which is going to start, I believe, on the 1st of June and one of the reasons this is flagged up I heard it discussed on another podcast I think it was Heavy Cardboard sorry if I got that wrong but also the designer is the designer of Gloom of Killforth which will also be available at the show which is kind of a fancy campaign-y card game which has got a bit of bars and was successfully kickstarted before in this game you're going to choose one of two sides you're going to be the Normans or you're going to be the Saxons and you're going to have a deck that is unique to obviously that faction and you're also going to have a deck of objective cards and you're trying to either control two of the three wedges as they're called on the battlefield so you're going to create armies at each wedge and they're going to fight in two different areas in zeal and in might so I think it's kind of how much you believe you're going to win I think is the zeal thing and also you've got objectives that you're trying to get through at the same time so you've kind of got dual purpose as you go you're going to be playing cards you use cards to pay for other cards it's kind of a bit like a battle line plus there's also lead 
leaders and tactics you can play down to influence what's going on. But if your leader card ever gets killed, you've also lost. That's another way to do it. It looks really pretty. I'm very excited to try it out. If this is successful, it's the first in a possible series with strong historical themes. So I know the next one they're planning is Agincourt, and they'll go from there. So each deck and the objectives are sort of primed for this exact battle. And there's like a Halley's Comet, which was there around there. Um, it appeared at the time of the battle and what have you. So I'm quite excited about this one, Sean. 1066, Tears to Many Mothers. Yeah, well, it's certainly a, a period in history that we've kind of grown up learning about. It's quite important for our country and yeah a period that i'm very interested in as you said yeah it does look really nice i suppose it'll depend on how well the cards interact variety and balance now i said variety but it, there seems to be from afar a big variety you've got objectives events tactics characters units attachments so that seems already very very promising i can feel your excitement on this one i really like the look of this one man. I've, I've got to admit we've hopped off on the good foot we've got an appointment to get this played so we will definitely be reporting back on 1066 tears to many others after the show sean what else are you excited to play? Right, Ronan. And my first one up is going to be Ravage Dungeons of Plunder. This one is actually only available for demo at the show. And it comes from the wonderfully named publishers, the Beardy Brothers, and designed by Ian Schofield. And it plays one to five players. It is a dungeon delve where players are orcs raiding and killing monsters for their teeth. Spelt T-E-E-F. Teeth. Teeth. Guess your teeth, son. <laughs> You can play it in three different ways, or you can play it solo, co-op, or in versus mode. So essentially what you're going to be doing is you're going to be drawing a Delve card. The cards make up the dungeon, so the Delve card, you add it to your dungeon. You're going to explore, which brings creatures in. You're going to get two actions, which are the usual move, attack, gather loot. Uh, attack and defense are with dice, when you can supplement with cards on your player match, which can be changed up. Eventually, you're going to reach a boss, and if you survive, you win. You spend teeth to get boom cards, and... Yeah, the versus mode, you're going to fight with the other players to get to the top of the orc hierarchy. It's a first-time designer, first-time publisher, and from a cancelled previous Kickstarter campaign, Sean. This did not hop me off on the right promising foot. I love the idea of playing as orcs, slightly different twist. With the three different game modes, because it's a first design, I'm a little bit worried that it's a little bit ambitious should they just have focused on one aspect and got that bit perfect? Also, they're getting this back on Kickstarter. It's a dungeon crawler with standees. You know, is that going to work against all the amazing components? We know components sell on Kickstarter. And this is not a comment on the gameplay, but it's a comment on, on how it's sort of being produced and how successful it's going to be. If you believe in the gameplay, why don't you pimp this to a publisher and get them to put the Chrome on there? You know, it's... I just feel like it's going to be a hard sell in the market, but the game itself sounds interesting. The designer seems like he seems like a nice guy. He seems to put a lot of passion in there. He's a an illustrator himself. So he's made it all look very colourful. So I'm going to have to play this, hopefully get a demo, and report back on it. I'm not sure they're giving this game the best chance to be successful i get what you're saying Ronan. i think he'll probably end up have to, having to add at least a stretch goal for miniatures and getting some sort of price quotes in there if he really wants to sell it to the, the to the kickstarter market i think you're absolutely right there i think the artwork's really strong he, I, I saw a little bit about the designer he his whole thing about this is he absolutely adores dungeon brawler games 
and he wanted to make his own. He enjoys drawing fantasy art, so it's kind of a labour of love for him. I, I think it looks like it's going to be more portable than a lot of dungeon crawlers because everything's made up by cards. There seems to be a lot of upgrading, loot, and things that are going to change the levels up seems like it's going to possibly play fairly quick and i like that the monsters all have a little special attack in there as well if they roll a certain combination of dice they're going to do a special attack i think that keeps it a bit interesting so i am a bit worried about the three modes that could make or break the game if he gets them all spot on could be excellent i'm really looking forward to trying it Ronan. it's right in my wheelhouse so well we'll see how it goes when we get the play of it ravage dungeons of plunder very good sean so from one of your favorite themes a fancy dungeon crawler to the best thing ever you love a bear you do love a bear <laughs> i nearly swore <laughs> i love a bear i want a pet bear been slightly blocked by my partner but i still want a pet bear this is baron park two to four players 30 to 45 minutes from mayfair and phil walker harding the designer of sushi go imhotep cacao so in baron park you are going to be laying down polyominoes so tiles of various shapes basically tetris tiles as we call them to build a theme park just for bears or theme park is that kind of a zoo a place where you go to see but heaven you're building heaven on earth a place for bears and there's only bears and there's bears in it and it's full of bears and my own private pet name for this is patchwork garden cottage bears aretto okay i think that sums it up nicely it's it's also a place that you would actually have to be forcibly removed from i wouldn't be removed would i i'd go native (laughs) i'd be that idiot in the pit with the bears i love you bears he's dead okay idiot um it's also got the tiny little tokens of the bear statues when you feel you're born of the little baby bear sure the bear award i don't often get gooey i just got gooey you would love a bear award wouldn't you i really would if someone gave that to me it would make my life this feels like a gentle bear hug of a game i feel like i'm being wrapped around and just ah you know how this one plays you've played patchwork you played cottage garden it's just laying down some poly on my nose and uh, you start with one board you can go to maximum four when someone's filled their four boards the game's over when you cover over certain spaces on the boards you're going to get a bonus so generally you lay a tile pick a tile up lay a tile pick a tile up if you cover certain things you get to pick up more than one tile and then you have a choice where you're going you're looking to fill each of the four separate boards which is when you get the bear awards there are 10 objectives in the box three of them will be if you play the advanced game which i think if you listen to this you'll probably be playing the advanced game and that is in air quotes because it's not very advanced you're going to do three of the 10 objectives which will mix up the game a bit change your priorities sometimes and to me maybe because of the theme but it kind of feels like a cottage garden killer in that light tile layer multiplayer game so yeah i'm pretty sold yeah i think i am actually it's not normally my type of thing i would go for but i think just the lightness it makes me feel like maybe not straight away but in a year or so i could play with my son when he's about six around the six hour mark with the with the base game and yeah as ronnie said the the advanced game isn't that advanced but i think it does make you think a little bit more I like the upgrading and adding this, the park space, and you can choose what park space and where you add it. Again, nice little touch. And yeah, only slight worry I have is if the 
person going first had a slight advantage in fi- finishing off all theirs first if they select well. That's not a bad point. I don't know whether they dealt with that or not. We're going to be owning it and play it. <laughs> definitely find out. It's probably worth saying that there are a couple of small misprints on the board. I don't think they affect functionality, really. And also one or two in the rule book. And maybe it hasn't been handled the best by Lookout Spiel and Board Game Geek. They've been a little bit shirty here and there for something that's their own mistake. But that's not going to put me off the actual game itself. Okay, so we're going to move on to another famous designer. It's Ronan's friend, Vlada Shvatil. Apparently, I love you him. You do love Check him. Check out my 30 to 21. <laughs> Who knew? And it's his latest sort of party quirky game. It's That's a question. It's going to be demoed at the expo, and it's from Czech Games Edition. Not that much out about this one, but basically the gist of it is uh, players are going to have uh, some cards, and they're, they're going to be some prompt questions. And Are they always on time? Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. I'll sing some Jarrell in a minute. <laughs> so they're going to be very some multiple choice questions. So what do you prefer, biscuits or cake? Something silly like that. Now, the player that's being asked the question will secretly answer, and the other players are going to bet secretly on their answer. Each player will have a set amount of tokens in front of them, and you can only answer a question if you have a token. So it means that everyone gets a chance, basically, was what they're saying there. People who guess correctly are going to get a certain amount of points. And the person asking the question is going to get one point for each person that gets it wrong. It's just a little twist on that kind of asking the questions, kind of like a Dixity feel. Do you know the person well enough? That kind of thing going on. Then. You know, it's like you said, it's got a dick. City feel. <laughs> <laughs> That's the next one in the Dice City range. <laughs> Dick City. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, this seems like a, a cleaner, as in less adult version, possibly, and slightly more flexible of say anything, maybe, but with kind of less going on. I can't see the magic at this stage, Sean, but we know very little. I've just seen the tiles and I'm like, mm, okay. What if I deliberately answer it in a funny way so that, because if you're wrong, I get more points. But because it's Fladdish Vattle, you have to have some faith in him. I presume the magic will reveal itself as we play. So I'm going in to be convinced, but hopeful. Yeah, yeah, I'm. I was like that with code names. To be fair, the first I looked at code names and thought, well, "How's that going to work?" I mean, another word game, but it wasn't. It was, it was much more than that. I think maybe looking looking from afar, maybe better with people you don't know quite so well. Because if you know someone really well, you, you're going to know what they're going to answer all the time. So maybe that's where his sort of sweet spot is. Group dependent, possibly. But yeah, the proof will be in the eating of the pudding, as you like to say, Roman. Well said, Sean. Well said. And that's a question from cge and that's that's a that's how many that's with it and that's 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 a question that's okay well this is that it's beyond the gates of antares the dice game now the gates of antares is a miniatures sci-fi game where ships are fighting in space i've heard about it on the d6 generation so when i saw those beyond the gates of antares the dice game i was like oh i'm gonna have to check that out I was hoping for some kind of quick dice roller space combaty game where maybe the dice are ships and you're doing some kind of fleet battle or something on those lines. What I appear to be seeing is a very, very 
light dice roller. So in the dice roller, there's a bit of push your luck, which is a common light dice game theme, whereby you're trying to roll successes. You have to retain one dice at least each round. But if you roll exactly five successes, you're a bust on your turn. There's always a gate with dice on that you're trying to get. And the number of successes you roll each turn, you're going to be able to take yellow dice, roll them. They're going to give you one to three points each. And you may also trigger a special power because everyone has an individual race. It's very quick. It's cheap, it's 15 quid. I'll give it a try, but this does seem incredibly light. Like, even the box and what comes in the box, the, the dice look okay, but the, the artwork looks um, not great. Which is weird, because with the sci-fi background and all that, they have artwork for the game, so... The whole makeup of the cards just looks a bit basic, maybe not quite done. Maybe I was seeing a, a little preliminary version, maybe they've updated, but it, it doesn't seem to be that way. Probably too simple... And the one thing I did like, Ronan, was the, the, the black dice that throws a spoke in the works. You can hand someone the black dice and it can completely ruin their turn or mess around with their turn a little bit. I, I like that mechanic. Yeah, the fate dice. Yeah. I guess it's kind of a more elegant um, catch-the-leader mechanism because someone could run away with this. It's a bit funny that I could have four dice and be on four points, and you can have four dice and be on 12 points because you just roll the dice. There's ways of re-rolling them, but you roll the dice and whatever it comes up as, that's the points you're on. The whole thing, I'm slightly sceptical, but like I say, it's quick enough that I'm willing to give Beyond the Gates of Antares dice game a go i will seek it out now sean you have definitely not chosen a light game for your next one no this there is a lot going on on this bad boy okay this is city of kings coming from the city of games designed by frank west it's one to four players it will be demoed at the expo after a very successful kickstarter campaign this one is billed as a cooperative, tactical, role-playing game, board game. There you go. You see, you're exploring a world in which the, the big baddie Vesh has destroyed all but one city. And from that city, you're going to start fighting back. And you're going to be exploring, you're going to be trading, there's going to be battle, but it's all going to be driven by a story, and you're going to be trying to complete objectives within that story framework. You have a modular board, you are going to be trying to keep your morale and hope above zero, because if they go to zero, you're done. And you're basically going to be reading the score card. You're going to be moving the time track. You're going to be moving around exploring, turning over these tiles. Then, on top of that, you're going to be increasing your stats and upgrading yourself and your health and attack and your moves and your luck. And you have workers. Another thing added to it, you've actually got workers that go out and work for you. Someone like uh, Clash of Cultures has that little caravan. This has got a similar thing. It's going to gather resources for you. And then on top of that, you've got a skill upgrade. And this is a tech tree that's going to increase your character abilities and give you special powers. Oh, there's a lot going on in this one. So much going on. Whoa. <laughs> so I just tried to put out some bits and bobs that seem most exciting to me rather than try and look at the whole thing i love the specification of the characters so you can choose to make the character what you want so if you want to be a tank sean will want to be a tank you can go and do that you can up your health which will let you use certain items and you'll be a tank and then if someone else wants to be a controller or a healer or they want to be a dps and do lots of damage you can mold your party so you're not like ego this is you this is where you're stuck you can decide as you go through which of that player tableau you've got how you advance it yourself go up through the tech tree and and specify and i really really love that kind of computer game feel every game is going to be incredibly different with the modular map 
with the monsters. The monsters is fantastic. So you pull out, and each monster's got like a base health and whatever, and then it gets from bags. It gets so it might have two pink, one white, and one green characteristic, but the tiles from a bag, and every time it's gonna be a different combo. Uh, that's just to me, if it works, seems brilliant because at the beginning of each combat, you go, okay, this is what I'm fighting, and now ding, 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 right. How do we react to these particular characteristics it's got? It's got that real-time strategy thing in there where you're sending your workers out. It's hugely ambitious, like hugely, but it's very exciting. And I'm very excited to give City of Kings a go. Oh, I am so excited about this. I started off thinking, uh, this looks a bit rubbishy. You're just going to go out and explore and fight. Been there, done that. And then they revealed another bit. And I thought, oh, that's cool. And then they revealed like the worker would come out. Hey, you got a worker? So that means there's resources. What? What are you using resources for? You can build things and add skills and and items. Wow. And then you've got the tech tree. I'm like, as I was going, I'm starting to look up their website, see if I could jump in on a pre-order. Uh, £125 for the deluxe one, man. And I presume you've ordered three. <laughs> just in case two don't turn up. Yeah, <laughs> you cry on the first two. <laughs> so, yeah, blending exploration, fantasy world, but Euro mechanisms. Uh, as Ronan said, I love the randomization of the monsters and I love the customization of the characters. This is going to be a winner for me. I'd be very surprised if it's not. That is the City of Kings. Make that appointment, <laughs> Okay, we're going to move on to something a lot lighter. This is King Frog from Brain Games, a family game for 7+. plus. Now, Brain Games last year had Ice Cool debuting at the show, and it's gone to be a big hit for them. We've gone on about it. We've run a competition for it. It's just like penguin flicking fun so they're releasing three games this time around and we picked one out just to see if we can pick hopefully another winner from them in this game it's kind of a race around a circular board and everyone's got their own color frog and on your turn you're just gonna or everyone choose one mosquito card what they're called face down with a number on it you flip it over and then whoever's played the lowest number is going to hop forward along the track of lily pads. If you're going to land on a space where another frog is, you jump over it, basically. So you're trying to kind of clip along. And you're trying to land on your own lily pads. Because if you land on your own lily pads or a wild one, you get your card back in your hand. But if you land on a, a colour that's not yours, then you throw that mosquito card away. So if you ever have to throw away your last mosquito card, you're eliminated from the game. If there's one frog standing, they're going to be named the Frog King and they're going to win. Or if a player who's in the lead laps the hindmost frog, then they automatically win as well. And it's only a 15-minute playtime, although it has got player elimination. It feels to me like a cross between Gravwell, Camelop, and Flam Rouge, but in a light package. I hope there's kind of a, a lot of opportunities here to mess with each other. I hope there's not too much chaos, and I hope you're able to sort of, oh, I know, if I play a two, I'll go there. You're probably trying to get to your colour, so that's going to knock you on one. And, and there's all that kind of funny, oh, I can't believe you just played that, or I know you haven't got three cards, so we can all sort of sort you out here in a quick, fun package. That's my hope for King Frog, Sean. Yeah, Ronan, and I look at this one. It is really, really light gameplay. Very good for for young children. I think my boy would like playing this. I possibly could get a bit haphazard in there. And I just wonder, you've got the wild lilies in there. So you've got to land on your own colour, but you've also got wild lilies. I didn't feel like in the, in the picture that I saw that there was enough wild lilies. So obviously everybody's going to be going for their own colour because they don't want to land on someone else's colour. Yeah, but that's the whole point. Yeah, they're going to want to go for it, 
but you're going to be trying to screw them over. That's like, so you know where they're going. That's the bit I think that gives you control. Like, I know you want to play a four, mm. but you know that I know you want to play a four. So maybe they choose to go earlier and play a one and they're hoping that you'll hop past it and be forced into something next time. Yeah, that, I think that it not being too loose and not to be wild ladies is something that gives me more hope rather than less yeah okay well it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun looks like it's got that sort of cult express you don't know what's going to quite happen going on there so yeah yeah we'll, we'll give that a little go maybe bring the boy along have a little game of that with him sweet okay so we're going to go on to shadowscape this one is for sale it's a it's a premiere at the show and it's from NSKN Games and designed by Blajek Kubaki. Now, this game is set in the Mist 4 world, which we will be reviewing in a future episode. And it's a mini dungeon crawl. It's a card-based game, and you have a 5x5 five five grid of cards that are going to form the dungeon. Each card has a monster type on it and symbols at each exit. The monster are placed, and they will eventually move in the direction of the symbol on the token that matches their dungeon card. Heroes have the usual staples. They've got uh, defense and move and fate card abilities. I'll talk about fate cards in a minute. And the game's going to be driven by action cards. This is the, the most interesting aspect of this game for me. You've got actions on both sides of the cards. So you've got the row of cards. When you use an action from one card, you flip it over. So that action is no longer available to you, but you're unlocking a new action. So that's interesting. You're going to have to plan your round quite well. And you have two actions per turn. Fate cards are going to be used to boost actions and add extra actions. And you have whisper cards, which introduce a pick-up and deliver mechanism into the game. You're going to be trying to defeat the boss. And once you've defeated the end-of-level boss, the most victory points win. Not what I was expecting in this one, though. No, set in the Mistful world, right? So I was thinking, okay, we're going to get theme, we're going to get story. To me, having seen the actually really good playthrough video from the designer, the theme doesn't seem to overcome the puzzle side of it. Now, that's not a negative for me, but very much the theme is overlaid, and this is really a puzzle. I mean, down to the fact that even the enemy movement is puzzly. It's all symbol-driven. So you can see where they're going to go when it comes to their movement, because even though you might be in one room away, if the symbol's on their card tells them they go in the opposite direction that's where they're going to go and the whole thing seems like you can kind of calculate what's going on i really like that flip action that you have to use a card again maybe if you choose it to move to be able to do the action again you can't do it in the same round i think that'll be an interesting way of of just slight bit of planning into how i program what i'm doing the only two possible things although i I am excited for shadowscape is one is is there enough interaction between players and the second one does does it clip along quickly enough because uh, are people going to AP a little bit if, if they're all trying, well, that monster will go there, this monster will go there, and you'll do that. And hopefully that won't happen and people will play it in the right spirit and keep moving along. And then that, to me, would give make it a thematic, puzzly little dungeon crawler. As we said, do like those action cards. They kind of drive the interest of the game for me. It's sort of like it's a very, very basic dungeon crawl framework, but... Within that framework, you've just got a load of Euro mechanisms with the pick-up and deliver, the pre-planning, like working out where everything's going, and just scoring your victory points from within the dungeon. So my one fear about this, I like the look of it now. My eyes have been opened. Are people going to go in thinking, I'm buying a dungeon crawler, and are they going to come out feeling a bit a bit stiffed? Like, oh, not really what I wanted. And are they going to be forgiving of that? 
So I don't know if NSKN have to sort of push this out in a slightly different direction and make it known that it's, it's not really a dungeon crawler. Oh, yeah, it's a good point, and hopefully that's why people will be trying it at the expo itself, and that's why they listen to shows like this, Sean. Well, there you go, and that's Shadowscape. What's your next one, Roland? Both informative and fun, <laughs> or neither. <laughs> My next one is a pirate theme one called Scuttler's Island for one to eight players, 15 to 30 minutes. It's about a bunch of pirates who've landed on Scuttler's Island, where there's a load of buried treasure, and each player's going to be laying tiles. It's actually on a cloth map, which is something I guess we still see it sometimes, uh, and you're trying to build a route to be the first to get to the X in the middle of the table because the X marks the spot where the treasure is. On the tiles, as well as building paths, you can also lay traps for other people that interfere with their route somewhat. There's not a load of information out at the moment it suggests that it will be ability to be mean to each other in there as ever with a mean game is it funny mean or is it just too chaotic mean the proof of that pudding will be in the eating i'm keen to try it basically because i like the theme i like the look of it and i like the fact that it's a tile layer and i hope that it will be a nice interactive tile layer where you can kind of mess around with each other and still have a laugh so i'm hoping to give scuttlers island a go sean any thoughts on the minimal information out there yeah, it's another one of those ones that you've got a show coming up, you're showcasing something. Get the info out there. People will lap it up. It will It will appear on people's to-do list. I like the look of it from what I've seen. I think the nastiness in it will be comedy nastiness from what I can see. They're billing it. It can change every now and again from a versus to a co-op because obviously maybe a runaway leader or someone you just think it'd be funny to gang up on and you start stitching their route to the center up a little bit so yeah i think it looks a lot of fun um i'd really like to give it a go and for me it also depends on what little twists they throw in on those tiles what little sort of powers those tiles do and does one of them blow up the next section or does one of them sort of make you have to double back on yourself if you lay it in the wrong way i don't know well, we are a blank canvas on this cloth map. So let's go and find out about Scuttler's Island, shall we? What's up next, Sean? We're going for an imp's devilish deal, Ronan. And are we? Yeah, this is another for-sale premiere at the show. Look at you, you salesman. I am a salesman. Let's talk about it first, then we'll see if I'm selling it. Triple um, <laughs> Ace Games Limited. It's designed by Kedrick winks and for two players now this one is billed as a hybrid dice and card battle game and basically your wizards battling using your magic but making the imps take the hits nice each player is going to have four imps and each imp is aligned to an element then you're going to choose the dice that you're going to roll and you're going to line up against your opponent asymmetrically according to the elements and you're going to reveal your imp and you're going to modify your dice and you're going to trigger your imp skills on your cards. And then, basically, you're going to count up your dice to see how much pips you've got in each element. And each element will give you a certain reward. It's going to change maybe the next one along, and you can take people's dice and mess around with them a little bit. And the first person to kill off all their opponent's imps wins the game. Imps, devilish deals, Ronan. It's got nice artwork. The cards look pretty. It's got obviously got quick gameplay. There's some dice mitigation in there, so you're not completely 
at the whim of fate, although you are to a large degree. To me, having watched the playthrough and looking at it, the decision seemed a bit obvious. If I've rolled a 5, a 4, a 3, and a 1, and I can add one to a dice, it's kind of like, well, I either add it so we draw, or add it so I've not been doubled. Because if you get defeated by a double, so if I had 6 in an element, and Sean had 3, I'd get an extra special bonus winning that one. You're looking to avoid that. It didn't seem like there were very many hard decisions in there. Other concern, do the rich get richer? Because when you lose a round, you lose an imp. And if you get behind, then is there any other way if you catching up or are you just screwed? Dave? If I go down two imps to four, then Sean knows what's going on. And Let's give it a go. It does play quickly. This isn't the one I'm most excited about for this episode. A few concerns. I, I, I don't see enough ability to modify those dice to make a real difference. I think even in the run-through that I saw, the good roll at the beginning tended to win out, unless, unless something drastically went wrong. There is one element that has the basically helps you eliminate the other player's imp, so I'm thinking it's going to be a massive fight just for that one element, so you're kind of using the other elements to get at that one. Yeah, need to play it. It's not going to be a hardship to play it, because it does play very quickly. It looks nice, and yeah, maybe it'll change my mind, but at the moment I'm a little bit concerned. That's Imp's Devilish Deals. What's your last one you want to talk about today, Ronan? It's a brutal kingdom, Sean. Is it a brutal king? <laughs> it is brutal. It's a three to four player game, 30 minutes from Michael Reinek. Now here's some design pedigree. Design Pillars of the Earth, Cuba, the Sublime, World Without End, Fortuna, and many, many more. This time round, it's just 20 cards and a few tokens. And the game is about a quick draft at the beginning of a round in which you're going to retain two cards, get past two cards. Then you're going to be playing cards down onto the table. And each of the cards is unique. It's an anthropomorphic, not easy to say, animal who contains a role like king, queen, bishop, white knight, whatever it might be. They're not all chess related, by the way. There's other ones, but I only remembered the chess related ones, apparently. And when you play them down, they're going to give you the opportunity to grab tokens, score points, attack each other, kill off cards that are already in play. And it's it's a quick, like, drafting where you're attacking each other a lot it reminds me a bit of shadow throne sean which we've played relatively recently the card artwork looks really fantastic to me which then makes me puzzled as to why they've got quite an ugly dark box i'm not sure they're selling it with the look but the game itself looks really good so hopefully it's out on the table it will attract some attention z garcia has reviewed this in the last month or so and he said that basically it's a four player only game so that's something to keep in mind but we have got four of us at the show so we'll give it a go it seems quite funny and attacky and screwy over it seems quite mean but quite quick I'm excited. I'm probably completely in for this one, to be honest with you, given that design pedigree. What's your thoughts, Sean? looks kind of like a a more involved love letter to me. I really like the the look of the scoring. I'm not not sure about the art. I'm not a big fan of anthropomorphized creatures. Always reminds me of that Essen game we saw with with the dogs around the table, Ronan, that made you cry. Bitter. That wasn't okay. But they weren't, no, no, no. They weren't really anthropomorphized. They were just dogs doing human things. <laughs> okay, That's slightly enough. different. And That's slightly different. Completely out of left field, Ronan. Has World Without End risen above Pillars of the Earth for you in your in your thinking? Yeah, I've never had to consider that before. You said you added the sublime world, a world without end. Because just... I played it a couple of months ago. It's so good. It's it is so good. Hard but, oh, Pillars. Pillars is better. No. Man. Well, that ends better. 
Oh, it's a fighting talk. Maybe we can do that. It could be like a UK Games Expo <laughs> event. We fight over the of the earth. Well, they're in. Uh, they're both good. I don't know why we're fighting, but okay. Boys, let it go. Let it go. Can't. So you see, you like Pillars of the Earth because you go, I do my own thing and I collect my things and I do my own. Whereas I like World of Ings, it's like, mean, we're all burr, fighting over very few things. and arr. You're a wrong one. Anyway, back to Brutal Kingdom. Yeah, I, a bit I like, angry about the world, didn't you? I like the look of it, right? It looks a really, like, a really fun, a little bit of thinking in there. Not too much, but not too little. I think it's hitting the mark spot on. I'm looking forward to playing it. Me too. Sean, wrap us up. Right, I'm going to finish this off with Dice Hospital, which is available for demo at the show. It's from Alley Cat Games, designed by Stan Kordonski and Mike Nudd, one to four players. It is a worker placement game where you are going to treat patients on personal hospital player boards. Players can, in their turns, you can upgrade your hospital. You can do hospital actions, which are you're going to place specialist workers. Your patients are dice, and lower values are worse conditions and closer to death. Nice. And you are going to then check for neglected patients, which are going to score you minus points if you don't treat them at all. And when patients are healed, they are discharged, and the amount that you get discharged in the round basically scores you most of your points. There is a very poorly written rule book for this one, Rona, so I, I did struggle a bit with this one. Oh, ouch. He says on Board Game Geek, please don't take this rule book for as verbatim. There's going to be a lot of changes, just literally my prototype. It's not going to be anything like this. So we'll forgive that. He's admitted it's his prototype. It's still, I think, a bit of a game in development. It's the theme that got me with this one. Well, Mike Nudd is the designer of Waggle Dance as well. And this is about dice manipulation. So that that's quite interesting in and of itself. Waggle Dance was a nice little game about bees. It does seem quite puzzly and very, very Euro-y in that there's this shared pool of patients in the ambulances and you're just drafting dice out of there, which doesn't make a lot of sense. Like, oh, well, I just choose what ambulances come to my hospital. And then the sort of like colour matching in the dice for scoring, you get your own objective card and it's like, oh, if you've healed a green, blue and red this turn, you get a certain number of points. That seems very, very gamey. So I'm not sure how strong the theme is coming through. It's definitely a try for me. I don't want to sound too negative. It definitely there's this interest. I think the game itself, mechanically, I could quite enjoy. The biggest problem for me, I think, at this particular time for Dice Hospital is it's trying to generate interest at the same time as Flatline is coming out from Renegade Games. It's got set in the Fuse universe, but... Uh, it's a, sort of a real-time cooperative well like phase real time so you have like a minute of real time then you go and wrap up and in a minute of real time then you wrap up i know you're not gonna be that excited about that but i think the flatline sounds like it's gonna steal quite a lot of the buzz from dice hospital at the moment because they look quite similar on the table with the dice all over the place so um uh, whether they consider delaying a full launch or not or see how flatline goes it's up to them i'd like to try it and see exactly what the meat of the euro mechanisms are as i said in my in my intro to this i found it quite hard to grasp like how these things are going to tie together and where the little intricacies are going to be and the theme where you're literally you're sending patients off to the morgue like i was grabbed by the hospital theme and curing people and stuff like that but when people are actually dying on you 
and that's what you're doing. You're sending them to an actual morgue. Well, not an actual. Well, not an actual morgue. You're sending them to an actual player board morgue. Then, uh, right, I'm starting to think. Okay, <laughs> a bit too do real. We, do we need to have an, an off-air chat about what happens in hospitals? <laughs> Don't need it in board games. So, <laughs> okay. I, I turned to it because I used to love a game called Theme Hospital, Amiga or, my, or wherever, wherever I played it on my PC. But I used to People love it. People like Elvis Syndrome or Mass Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's like, like, like comedy stuff. It. And that's, that's the kind of stuff. But yeah, I bought Clinical at an Essen a while ago. And again, I'm drawn to that theme because I haven't got anything like that in my collection. So that's probably what drew me to this. I definitely want to give it a go. If it's a theme that's pulling you in, I think this game is it's not it's just a framework. It's really a Euro dice drafting and, and manipulating game. I don't think it feels very hospitally. We shall see. We'll give it a go, and that is Dice Hospital. And we will see you in the outro in a couple of moments. So there you go. Hopefully our previews of those 12 games have whet your appetite for UK Game Expo. Expect more coverage from us just after the expo itself or we'll have tried many of the games. We'll give you some quick first impressions. We'll let you know what we picked up, what's impressed and what did not. If you are going, just a reminder, we will be on the Dice Tower booth between 12 and 1 on Friday, Saturday and Sunday in Game Pit shirts. If you see us wandering around the halls or playing the game in a Game Pit Polo shirt, give us a shout, say hello. We're going to be helping out with the Dice Tower Wits and Wages large game, which I think is on the Saturday, Sean? I believe so, Ronan. I believe so. Come along there, have a laugh. We'll be helping out with one of the teams. We'll also be at other events throughout the whole weekend. So if you see us, grab us, say hello. We'll be happy to meet you or see you again, whoever you may be, apart from Sheepy. Yeah, get that in. Make sure you get that in, apart from cheapy. Anyway, yeah, so as I said, we will be there. And as always, we are very proud members of the Dice Tower Network and the Dice Tower itself. Please go there for gaming goodness galore. If you wish to email us about whatever you wish, we are at thegamepitpodcast at gmail.com. If you just want to have a little chat about board game-related subjects or whatever you want, you can come to our board game Geek Guild. We're always ready to start off a conversation there. We're on social media, on Facebook, on Twitter, at GamePit Podcast, and Instagram. If you wish to download our episodes, we are on Podbean, Stitcher, and iTunes. Thank you very much for listening. Music. E. Boy, 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 boy.